my favorite memories. We were camping out on the Sea of Galilee on a cliff, and our friend got us into an area that was not yet open to the public. Mm -hmm. We jumped some fences, and we explored a, an ancient burial area with caves. And we found out this is where this story here in Mark chapter That's 5 really takes cool. place. Yeah, it's awesome. You're listening to Between the Lines. I'm Junior. And I'm Scott. And I'll get started. Uh, Mark 5, verse 1. So they arrived at the other side of the lake in the region of the Gerasenes, which it was was a Gentile area. And it, I love the fact that Jesus continually went to Gentile areas. Now, we do know because you and I saw a, a recently discovered synagogue in fact, the largest synagogue that they have found thus far that from the first century. And it was just recently, it's not open to the public yet. That's no. where we jumped We're still the digging it out. And yeah. yeah, it was really, really a cool experience that we had to, to do that. But, and, and, and tells us why Jesus was going there because he was going to quite a large synagogue where even though it was a Gentile area, there was a population of Jews that were there. Mm -hmm. Jesus would go to the Jews, but then he would speak to the Gentiles. He loved to go into Gentile areas. So anyway, he goes into this area of the Gerasenes. When Jesus climbed out of the boat, a man possessed by an evil spirit came out from the tombs to meet him. And we saw those tombs. This man lived in the burial caves and could no longer be restrained, even with a chain. Whenever he was put into chains and shackles, as he often was, he snapped the chains from his wrists and smashed the shackles. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Day and night he wandered among the burial caves and in the hills, howling and cutting himself with sharp stones. Can you imagine the fear that this brought? Because a village, the, there was a Roman village that was right there. And you, you can imagine these kids going to falling asleep at night and the fear that they had and the parents trying to console them. When Jesus was still some distance away, the man saw him, ran to meet him and bowed low before him. With a shriek, he screamed, why are you interfering with me? Jesus, Son of the Most High God, in the name of God, I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had already said to the Spirit, Come out of the man, you evil spirit. And Jesus demanded, What is your name? And he replied, My name is Legion, because there are many of us inside this man. Then the evil spirits begged him again and again to not send them to some distant place. There happened to be a large herd of pigs feeding on the hillside nearby. Send us into those pigs, the spirits begged. Let us enter them. It seems to indicate that, you know, these demonic forces want something to, you know, some life form to be able to enter. So Jesus gave them permission. The evil spirits came out of the man and entered the pigs. And the entire herd of about 2,000 pigs plunged down the steep hillside into the lake and drowned into the water. Now, that's a lot of money. They're, yeah. Now, these were, some have said, well, these were Jews. They shouldn't have had pigs anyway. No, these are probably the Gerasenes. These were Gentiles that were raising these pigs. And that, that represented a lot of money that they oh, yeah. lost. It was Hamageddon. Or the oh, Bay of Pigs. Oh, come on. <laughs> the trouble is he's got a lot more of those. Yeah, so we better, we better get back to reading. Continue. The herdsmen fled to the nearby town and the surrounding countryside, spreading the news as they ran. People rushed out to see what happened. A crowd soon, of course, you know, they rushed out. They lost all these pigs. A crowd soon gathered around Jesus and they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons. He was sitting there fully clothed and perfectly sane. And they were all afraid. Now they were afraid of the guy when he was nuts. And now they're afraid of the guy because he's in his right mind because of this radical change. And by the way, you know, there, there is something to this because I have seen when people have come to Christ, sometimes a husband or a wife comes to Christ and there was marriage issues and the, they become to Christ. Their life is changed for the better. They become like the best husband they've ever been. And then all of a sudden there's this like real fear 
on the part of the wife because she doesn't know her husband anymore. He's yeah, well, it's like a, a new person. paradigm of like, yeah. how, do, how do we do this now? And yeah. that, that, that is a reality. And this yep. is what happened with this man that had been yep. possessed. So um, then 16. those who had seen what happened told the others about the demon possessed man and the pigs and the crowd began pleading with Jesus to go away and leave them alone. Yeah. We don't <laughs> like this new. They're, they're afraid. Well, that, and also all the, he's got power, all the pigs floating too. That's a lot of money. Yep. You know, and, the apocalypse cost them. Oh man! <laughs> but for real, it cost them a major part of their economy, and so this is more of like you know, I I don't like this new paradigm. We'd rather stick with the thing what that we, we have to keep hidden. Yep. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon possessed begged to go with him, but Jesus said, "No, go home to your family and tell them everything the Lord has done for you and how merciful He has been." It's so cool. Jesus, He wanted to be with Jesus, and Jesus said. You know, in a sense, I'm going to still be with you, but I want you to help other people's lives change now. They can see what God has done. We have this conversation in, in your life. A lot of people who come in, like they become believers, like, I want to work for the church. Yep. It's like, no, no, no. And this is what Jesus told the man. You're the most effective by going back into your community and being being a light there. Yeah, I could never reach the people that you work with. Yeah, God has called you to reach the people that you work right. with. So the man started off to visit the 10 towns of that region and began to proclaim the great things Jesus had done for him. And everyone was amazed at what he told them. And think about what just happened there. Jesus went into a community and touched the very thing that they did not want mm -hmm. touched. And Jesus does this with our lives too, that there's an area of our life that we really struggle with. Maybe we try to keep it hidden. And Jesus wants to heal that area. But often we just want to continue to yeah. keep it hidden. Now you read, uh, you read like two thirds of the you know, the passage yeah, yesterday and you took a lot of mine, but I, right. I'm not going to get you back. I'm going to have you take over right you back here. Like that 20 times you did last year. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead some, and pick up in verse 21. All right. It says, Jesus got into the boat again and went back to the other side of the lake where a large crowd gathered around him on the shore. Then a leader of the local synagogue, whose name is Jairus arrived. When he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet, pleading fervently with him. My little daughter is dying, he said. Please come and lay your hands on her. Heal her so that she can live. Jesus went with him, and all the people followed, crowding around him. Woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding, so she would have been unclean. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors, and over the years she had spent everything she had to pay them. But she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. She had heard about Jesus, so she came up, behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his mm. robe, I will be healed. Wow. Immediately the bleeding stopped and she could feel in her body that she had been healed from her terrible condition. Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him. So he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? His disciples looked to him. Look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? <laughs> yeah, everybody's touching you. Right. Oh, good. It's the kind of touch it was. It was that yeah. touch of faith yep. receiving from him. He kept on looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and, and told him what had been done. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is mm -hmm. over. I love what Jesus did. This is yeah. so brilliant that, yes, Jesus heals her physically, but he calls her out because he also wants to yep. heal her in community. He wants everybody to notice that she's been healed. We can accept her back into community. She is not unclean. Yes, that's, that's awesome. Brilliant. While he was still speaking to her, messengers arrived from the home of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue. They told him, your daughter is dead. There's no use troubling the teacher now. You talk about going from a high to a low, yeah. or it appears. Yeah, yeah. But Jesus overheard them and said to Jairus, don't be afraid, just have faith. And Jesus stopped the crowd and wouldn't let anyone go with him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of Jesus. 
When they came to the home of the, the synagogue, brother of James, the brother of James. <laughs> Sorry. When they came to the home, and of I, the, I, you know, I hate to correct you publicly like this. You know, yeah. when you read the wrong word, but you it's hate like it so it's much. A completely different, completely it, different it person. Is, there. It is a very different person. <laughs> when they came to the the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw much commotion, weeping and wailing. He went inside and said, "Why all this commotion, and weeping? The child isn't dead; she's only asleep." The crowd laughed at him, but he made all them. They made them all leave, and he took the girl's father and mother and the three disciples into the room where the girl was lying. Holding her hand, he said to her, Talitha Kom, which means little girl, get up. Mm. And the girl, who was 12 years old, immediately stood up, walked around. They were overwhelmed and totally amazed. Jesus gave them strict orders not to tell anyone what had happened and told them to give her something to eat. Oh. Just to, you know, to give her something to eat, which was just proof of the fact that she was fully and completely healed. I, I, just love that story. I remember hearing that story as a child in the parochial school that um, that that I grew up going to, and we would have uh, Bible stories on. I think on Fridays, I I still remember that story being taught as a kid. It's such a precious story. And having a daughter myself, and you've got three daughters, you know, I can imagine the grief that they were all going through. And then when this sweet little girl, twelve years old, when she's brought back to life and immediately in full health. You can imagine the appreciation for Jesus at that moment. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Beautiful scene. It is. It is. There's an, and then the woman, yeah. her whole life had been struggling with this that made her unclean and made her yeah. ashamed. And sick. She's anemic. It would have kept her from, probably would have kept her from marrying and yeah. because it would have been evident that she couldn't give birth. Right. So much in her life that was completely turned around because of Jesus' compassion. Yep. Absolutely. And then uh, we're going to get right. over to Psalms. Yep. and 10 and 11. And again, this shows just the compassion and the love of our God. Because throughout our history, people have there have been people that have been just terribly misused and abused. And you look at the, the evil things that people can do to other people. It's just unbelievable. And I'm a student of history. I love history. When I go back and I see what has happened in the aftermath of wars and what the conquerors have done to the conquered and um, just the, the evil nature of how horrendous people can treat other people. Yeah. And yet we have this promise that God is just and he will not, his justice will not sleep forever, that he will take care of business and people will be held accountable. And those who have been hurt will also be given justice. So we read here in Psalm 10, Lord, you know the hopes of the helpless. Surely you will listen to their cries and comfort them. You will bring justice to the orphans and the oppressed so people can no longer terrify them. Man, that's a good reminder for us, that every one of us, that while we don't see it as the church's mission to set all the rights, all the wrongs in the world right, that's not what the early church did, and Jesus didn't even do that. There was a lot of oppression and injustices that was going on around the world that Jesus didn't speak into. And ultimately, our what we are looking for is eternity, and we should fix everything that we can that's in, that, that, is, that is involved with the relationships that we have and the people that are in our world. And in every case, we should right the wrongs that are there. But what we do have, when we give the gospel, when we give people eternity, and we send them towards our God, the promise that we have is our eternal God will set all of the wrongs right in his time, in eternity, and we can rest assured in that. Right. 
So good. All right. Well, today, January 5th, is National Bird Day, which seems dumb to me because all the <laughs> birds have gone south. So it's like, let's all celebrate and remember something that just leaves us. Every you know, winter. it's kind of unbelievable, though, the beautiful birds that are around. I mean, cardinals and blue jays. I mean, That's true. it's surprising to me how many do not fly south. Yeah. And, it, you know, people that put birdhouses out, I, I've never done that. I guess I'm getting to that age. Maybe I should, but <laughs> people who do put birdhouses out, they wind up attracting a lot more beautiful birds in the winter than they do in yeah. the summertime. Yeah. And so maybe yeah. that's why. I'm one of my favorite shirts. I haven't gotten it yet. It's it's just silly. It's just, birds aren't real. Is the shirt because <laughs> of the conspiracy yeah, that yeah, you know yeah, the government yeah. has robotic birds? Right. Right. They're just they're listening in on everything. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> All right, we've digressed enough. Yeah, well, this a, is the weekend, yes. guys. And so, hey, and if you're new to Between the Lines, we're so glad that you have joined us. This is your first week through, but what we encourage everybody to do is to continue the reading. If you if you haven't gotten one of those books that we gave out the last weekend in church that walks you through it, you can find that reading program on our church app. Do the reading tomorrow and Sunday. That'll keep you up. And then we pick up again on Monday. So you do the reading on your own. What our goal for Between the Lines is to help you to learn how to get into the Bible, to understand it on a daily basis, and it becomes a daily habit for you. So don't drop that habit tomorrow and Sunday. Right. We also, those bridge people, hey, and if you're not a bridge person, we encourage you to find a, a good gospel teaching, Bible teaching local church. But if you live in the northwest suburbs or northwest part of Chicago, we got locations all over this area here. Find one of our locations. Or if you're already attending one of our churches, one of our locations, man, we look forward to seeing you in church this Sunday. God God wants you together with his people. That's right. Make it a good weekend, and we'll see you Monday. Bye.